Audioversity, the voice of Reichman University. Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us excited, obsessed, and inspired. I'm Gal. I'm Alan. Uh, today we're, we're looking back at Tim Burton's Batman saga, the beginning of a long-running franchise that has led us to the film that we are reviewing today. Matt Reeves' The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson as the iconic caped crusader. We're taking a journey through the beloved character's history, and before we start, you should know that The Batman is now playing in theaters for all of you to see. First, let's start with some interesting movie news. Uh, Sony recently gave us the trailer for Bullet Train, which has an enormous cast, including Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Brian Tyree Henry, Michael Shannon, and a lot more. You sure you want to talk this out? No, particularly not. Uh, okay. So yeah, I saw this trailer a couple days ago, and uh, it looks great. Uh, the visuals look way better than I thought it would. Like, the costumes look really intricate here. They do. It's fun to see Pete playing, like, this more, like, action-y, like... Uh, type role like he did in like other stuff before but he hasn't done something like this in a while like this gave me like uh mr smith vibes oh and i, I like don't that. like that movie but i, I mean i like movie. him in that part um but yeah like i like how like comedic and crazy this is gonna be but like it looks genuinely really good and i'm really hyped for it yeah i'm here for it i wasn't very interested when i was like hearing about it but the trailer kind of sold me on it. Okay, so next up we have a first look at Killian Murphy as J. Robert Oppenheimer in Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. What do you think about that? Christopher Nolan means Gaul will be there day one. And the cast is insane. We got Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, uh, Robert Downey Jr., Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, and many more. It's going to be really good. Uh, I really like his approach when doing something a little bit more, like, historical. I loved Dunkirk, so I'm really excited for this. Exactly. We also just got the announcement that I Am Legend is getting a sequel with Will Smith and Michael B. Jordan joining him. I love this little piece of news. I haven't watched I Am Legend in years. Uh, but it kind of made me want to rewatch it. I remember it being good. I that's <laughs> literally all I remember from it. And there's a dog, and some zombies and stuff. Look, it's a great movie, but I mean, you can't just like get blown up by a grenade and then be okay. Whoa! Like... Spoilers for a, <laughs> how many years old movie this is. Uh, but like everyone knows that ending. I feel I don't yeah. know. Like yeah, I remember that. This is a ridiculous. We'll see, I guess. This is a weird announcement. We had some controversies this Oscar season because they have been weird and dumb as they usually are, the Academy, I mean. Uh, but 
we have here Denis Villeneuve and Jane Campion kind of slamming these changes. I hate these changes. <laughs> What do you think? I mean, it's kind of a slap in the face to all the people they're nominating because because uh, they're basically prioritizing certain categories over the others. For background, uh, they're presenting some of the quote smaller categories like production design and editing during the commercials or like pre-recording the speeches um because abc was uh threatening the the oscars and stuff and yeah obviously this is upsetting people and we had a similar situation um a couple years ago the the year that roma was nominated where they wanted to do that and then like oh, people spoke right. out and then it didn't happen but now it seems like they they really want to stick to this which i don't know if i'll even watch am i crazy is it's, it's like it's so easy to fix this a you put it on a streaming service no commercials people would sit down and watch it live on disney plus because it's like the same parent company as abc a lot of people would watch it like you do the show straight you don't have like the commercials maybe you have a couple of intermissions here and there But that's it. That's how you get more people to watch this thing, is putting it on a streaming service, not keeping it on a cable news kind of thing, and cutting the things that people that actually still watch these things want to see. Because the people that actually sit down for however many hours it is are people like you and me. But yeah, I feel like the Oscars are just, and ABC are just like losing touch of who they want their audience to be. And I think there was this... Not very justified, in my opinion, backlash about Spider-Man No Way Home not getting nominated for Best Picture. And then, like, because it was, like, the biggest wide audience movie, they were like, oh, so is the Oscars snobby or something? And so now they're not sure who they want to cater to because they have the fan favorite See, category. But again, another super easy problem to fix. You you show a contract to Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and, uh, and Tobey Maguire. For them to host the Oscars together. Tom Holland should have hosted with like Zendaya and the Ned guy or with Tobey or, or Maguire. With, or with Zendaya or the three Spider-Man. Or the you three show Spider-Man. A, you, you show a contract to them, give them a bunch of money. They would do it. Everyone would shut up about the Spider-Man thing because they'd be like, oh, this is fun. This is a fun nod. And that's it. And then you And then again, you put it on the streaming service and all that. And then you get all your viewers. I refuse to believe that it, so many ABC producers honestly chose... Amy Schumer over Tom Holland to host the Oscars. <sighs> I forgot that's what was happening. <laughs> so in Total Recall this week, we figured we would pay homage to the original Batman movies because last year we did Total Recall for the Nolan Batman movies. To be fair, me and Gal are fairly young. Uh, we did not watch these when they came out. I was not alive in 1989. Uh, I I was alive four years after Batman Returns. So there you go. I think Batman and Robin came out in the year that I was born. I so, wasn't born then. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk about it. Batman 1989 first started. Does it hold up, Gal? So this was my first time, I think, ever watching Batman 1989, which is a surprise because it's like... Because, like, I'm very big on superheroes and I've watched the newer Batman. You've seen it a couple times? I've seen it twice. Like, once last year and once, like, a couple of years ago. So, I just recently watched Batman 1989 to prep for this. And while I think it's a fun film, 
And I think Tim Burton's style and the production value is there. I don't think it holds up against superhero movies today. I definitely enjoyed it more than Superman, the one that we reviewed. Uh, that movie was so boring. <laughs> the one, yeah. Like, for example, like I would rather go back and rewatch Man of Steel than Superman 1978, just because I feel like for the superhero world, that fit better. And here I, I feel like even though Batman is more enjoyable than that movie, I still think like today it doesn't hold up as well just because of newer iterations that have expanded so much on Batman. Exactly. And also, like, it feels too much like a comic book movie from the 90s, which I guess it's what it is, so fair enough. But, like, too much that it kind of takes you off of it a little bit, I felt. The, the, the movies back then it was just a little bit too outlandish because, like, the special effects didn't look as good. Like, sometimes you could see that they were on a set on a... On Batman 89 and uh, Batman Returns, you could see it, like they were clearly on a set, and like that just took like that just take your immersion out of it. And immersion is one of my most important things, I guess, when watching movies. And uh, it does hold up in the fact that it's at least fun compared to, like you said, Superman. Compared to other Tim Burton movies, I think this is also higher up. Exactly, and it has like that weird comic book quality, like. It does. It feels feel like, like a it comic was book movie. directly adapted the Batman that we see in the comics. And I really like the fact that it starts with him being Batman already. It's weird because by '89 we have people didn't haven't hadn't seen a Batman movie before. So it must have been revolutionary <laughs> back then. <laughs> so and like for superheroes, exactly. So like it's weird that they didn't show it like in retrospect. But like watching it like these days, it's better it's because cool. you don't get to see, you don't see something you've seen so much on 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 film. Tim Burton is a is a really good choice to direct like a more campy, so uh, campy and dark at the same time, which is kind of weird. He does that a lot, and so I knew the Danny Elfman theme because I used to play the Lego Batman games. It's such a good theme, it's and so they entertaining. keep repurposing, which is fantastic. Like to yeah. the new the new Batman iterations, and I love it. Uh, Okay, let's let's go a little bit in depth. Uh, what do you think of Keaton as Batman? He's he's fun. I uh, he's very like he delivers a charismatic billionaire kind of guy, and he he has a fun like the first scene where he goes, "I'm Batman." I thought that was really fun too. It was like I think he's really good as Batman. He's okay as Bruce Wayne, but yeah, he was really fun as Batman. Like I will give you that, like for sure. What about Kim Basinger? I forgot who she plays in this movie. Does she play Vicky Vale? She was Vicky Vale, okay. uh, the reporter for I don't remember what the probably Gotham News one. Or Gotham News like. or something, and she has a romance with uh, Michael Keaton, and obviously he tells her that he's Batman because he trusts her and he has to learn to open up. Um, but I don't know. I didn't love that part that much. It just felt very routine. And then uh, I do think like. Even though Keaton is good, Jack Nicholson steals the movie from him as the Joker. Obviously, he's not at the level of Heath Ledger and Joaquin, but for what the movie needed, he he's really entertaining. And he uh, there's a scene where he goes in and his uh, his goons are like vandalizing the museum, and he's dancing to a Prince song, which I think like Prince wrote songs for the movie. Yeah, the Joker is definitely the best part of this movie, like no doubt. Jack Nicholson does a fantastic job. I mean, he's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> this is also... This is one of the reasons, actually, Michael Keaton left the role. 
because he was being overshadowed by his villains in both movies. And we'll talk more about that in Returns. Exactly. To conclude about Batman 1989, I feel like even though it's very out there and it's good production value, even with other 80s action movies, I feel like there's much better ones. To me, this felt like a lesser version of the first Ghostbusters in terms of tone. Like it's, it's like out there visually and playful, but Ghostbusters is better. Yeah, I get that. Like for me, this is a solid like maybe 7.5 movie. Uh, especially like as a comic book movie, I get it. Like if I saw this movie as a kid in the 90s, it would probably be my favorite movie of all time that year. Yeah, it would have so, been like... <laughs> Like what the Avengers did to me when that was the first superhero movie I saw in theaters. Exactly. It would be what Batman Begins did to me when that was the first uh, movie I saw in theaters. So there you go. Let's go now into Batman Returns. My favorite from that era. uh, We have Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and Danny DeVito as the Penguin as the main villains. What did you think? Okay, so I saw this one also in preparation for this for the first time. And this movie's insane. Like, I, this movie was so much fun. A lot of it because it was, like, meme-worthy. Like, not genuinely brilliant writing. But it's, like, there's so much that's just so out there and ridiculous that you just, like, shut your brain off and have fun with whatever dumb shit is going on. So in that context, it definitely doesn't hold up. But it's still fun to experience because it's just so dumb. Um, I still would give it like a seven, seven point five because I think it's a fun movie, and that's what that's what it was going for, like this incredible amount of campiness. But if I watched this in a theater today, I'd be like, oh, that's just absolutely ridiculous. Christopher Walken in this movie looks like he was David Bowie or He's something. He's insane in this movie, and he plays a guy named Max Shrek, like Shrek the Ogre. Is his and last I don't name. think this guy's from the comics or anything like I that. Did, yeah, I didn't know who he was playing. I because I knew he wasn't Harvey Dent. And then Michelle Pfeiffer's arc in this movie is like, do you remember Kristen Wiig's character in Wonder Woman 1984? Yeah, I hated it. It's her. the same arc basically, and. <laughs> I have some lines that I wrote down that are so funny that she says, first of all, she comes home and says to her cat, hey, Miss Kitty, back for more sexual escapades you won't tell me about to her cat. And then when she first first meets Batman, she says, life's a bitch. Now so am I. (laughs) It's amazing. And she, she has the greatest meme in any superhero movie ever when she comes back home one day. And she's like, honey, I'm home. And then she oh, closes yeah. the door and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm not married. It's the <laughs> best line in any superhero movie that. ever. My opinion on the movie, like I told you, is my favorite superhero movie of that era or like of like pre-2000. I can see why. And Pre-like X-Men and all that. Um, like, it's so fun. Like, I, I watch it once, so, so it's like, it's weird that it's my favorite. But like, Danny DeVito is a fantastic penguin. Honestly, this might be controversial, but I think... I'm not saying objectively from an acting perspective, but I think I might have enjoyed him more than Nicholson's Joker. Just because he's so crazy and he's out so, there. Uh, yeah, he's so out there. That uh, he's a human penguin. He he has penguin arms and he eats someone's nose off, but then everyone still endorses him to run for mayor. It's insane. <laughs> it's so insane. I love this movie. And like, it's crazy because the penguin wasn't an actual penguin in the comics. It was just a nickname. He was raised <laughs> by penguins. Like he was dumped by his parents from an orphanage. And then he's raised by penguins. Yeah, and you're supposed to, and you're supposed to like create this 
parallel. Oh, that could have happened to Bruce Wayne. And you're like, what? One more line that I thought was funny is Catwoman is like waiting for uh, the penguin uh, during his mayoral campaign, like in his bedroom. And he goes, ooh, just the pussy I was looking for. You could not get away with saying that today. <laughs> that would have been like canceled. Danny Cance- DeVito would have to take a year off from movies. And then one more thing that I thought was hilarious was the penguins walking around, waddling around Gotham with bombs strapped onto them. This movie is so insane. <laughs> he almost looks like a World War II general, like lecturing his army of penguins to go invade Gotham. And then after he, spoiler, the penguin dies. This is the funniest part. The penguins do a funeral procession for him and <laughs> drag right. him into the water. This movie is so much fun. It's crazy. I think this might be the most insane superhero movie of all time. This movie is, again, amazing. You should watch it. You should maybe use alcohol or other <laughs> illicit drugs. Exactly. I think this and is it a would movie be to so fun with turn your, your brain off. So, The Batman 2022. What did you think about it? I had high hopes. And still, I feel like they were exceeded. Like I didn't expect it to be this, both stylistically and from the the writing. It was so complex. Like you really, like you mentioned this earlier, but this movie really emphasizes how dark of a place you have to be to be Batman, and uh, and you understand that he's like going out to pick fights with criminals because, like, he's so miserable and dark and lonely. You turned to me five minutes in and said the cinematography is incredible. And from there, it just gets better. And even though it's three hours, don't let that scare you because I actually felt it was paced well. Yeah, honestly, they didn't. it didn't feel like three, three hours for me. It felt nah. like a two-hour, 20-minute movie, something like that. Because it, like, it really goes by. Um, it, like you said, it's a fantastic movie. The cinematography in this movie might be one of the best in any comic book movie ever. It's so so good i know joker was nominated for best cinematography so was the dark knight and i think the batman should too maybe we're not so different who are you under there i'm vengeance this guy's like really out of whack like he, and you can see it and like it shows in his performance i guess we should talk about Batinson now Batinson, uh, terrific uh, I loved his performance. He was like uh, so reclusive, but still he was like excellent at solving mysteries. And I mean, I've already loved him as an actor because I've never touched any of the Twilight movies. I only knew him from like The Lighthouse and Tenet and etc. So I've always been a fan of his. And here he he just proves that he's awesome. He's a great, great actor. And you can see shades of it maybe in the first Twilight movie because that one is has a little bit of a higher... So you've seen them? Qu- I've seen all of them, yeah. Oh. Uh, I saw them in theaters, unfortunately. Oh, my God. Uh, when you watch, like, Good Time and you watch, uh, like you mentioned, Tenet, like, he's a fine, a damn fine actor. And this might have been his best role. I haven't watched The Lighthouse yet. It's on oh, my yeah. list. I think his performance here was actually the most similar to The Lighthouse. And I was expecting... When he was going to be the Batman, I was expecting it to be something more like, like charismatic, like Tenet. But here he's like really um, like reserved and and miserable and depressed. Which I love. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're all Batman. Uh, <laughs> By the way, Paul Dano, I loved him as the Riddler. 
Uh, he was su- he gave me chills. He was super good, and that whole mystery aspect also gives uh, Jeffrey Wright and Robert Pattinson to build a relationship, which I don't want to compare here, but I think he's up there with Gary Oldman as Gordon. He he was fantastic for sure. He was a more grounded, I felt like, version of the character. Like the version from Gary Oldman, he felt very much like like a guy that you wish you could be, like that level oh, of like yeah. goodness. And like this garden felt a lot more like real, you know, like you could see like he's been through some shit and like And he doesn't get all the credit. Like Gordon, he's hailed as a hero in the Dark Knight. Here he's just like uh, Some a good guy, guy who, who's who got a job and he wants to do it. And I, he, like, he's always, like, bringing Batman to, like, crime scenes and stuff. And, like, probably shouldn't do that, like, as a commissioner. Bring your oh, vigilante not... to work day. Yeah, he's not a commissioner yet. I'm sorry. He's lieutenant, I think. I think so. Uh, what did you think about Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman? I thought she might have also been, like, the heart of the movie. Because she's not as reclusive as uh, Batman. But she's... I don't know. I just think she's a wonderful actor. Like, she's... She has such a good presence, and uh, she's my favorite Catwoman yet. Yeah, for sure. Like she, like you said, I I wrote that. I don't know if you saw it. Maybe you didn't see it. I wrote that in my review of the Batman that she was oh, the heart. I started of, your review. That she was the heart of the movie as well. So like, she really was, and she was fantastic. For me, it's not even a, cat, a competition. She blows. Again, I hate to like keep comparing, but like, she's just the best Catwoman. Just one last point on Catwoman. What did you think about her chemistry with Robert Pattinson? Because I heard a lot of people complaining that they didn't have a lot of chemistry. But I, I didn't thought, have a problem with it I at all. I thought that they had a lot of chemistry. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it at all. I thought they they worked really well together. So you wanted to talk about my... It's not actually my friend. Uh, I wish. Uh, Colin <laughs> Seems like a great guy. Colin Farrell is the penguin. Um I've been nervous a little bit about like these enormous makeup transformations because you might have heard of the notorious uh, Jared Leto House of Gucci performance. Still haven't watched and how, it. <laughs> yeah, and how everyone shit on his performance in that movie. So I was kind of nervous going into this, but I love Colin Farrell. So like, it's great that he was just so good in this. Like he disappears, but he he chews up the scenery because he's so good. He's fantastic. He's he's the penguin. He's like a scandal, and I love it. Okay, go. To close up, what did you think overall about the movie? And also, if you had to give it a rating. I actually highly recommend it to see in theaters. Like, you have to. Um, and it's not just great as a superhero movie or a movie that works for a franchise, but it just works as a great movie. And, you know, people clapped at the end, and I was blown away even more than I thought. And I'd watch it again once it's on HBO Max soon, probably. And for ratings, I'd honestly say like 9.5 out of 10, even. I will say that like this movie was fantastic. Like it reminded me a lot of like Seven and other movies from that era, other like thrillers from that era. But I will go as high as nine. That's great. So I know we might differ here. And I've had some time to think about it. I do think this might be a better first Batman movie than Begins. What do you think? Yeah, uh, I agree, like, from the pur- purely, like, technical sp- uh, standpoint. Begins still holds a real, real dear place in my heart. And this is not me saying Begins lacked something. This is just me being so impressed by the Batman. Yeah, for sure. Like, technically, it's, it, it is a better film. Uh, final question of the episode. Where does the Badinson 
Robert Pattinson rank amongst your Bruce Wayne's? Number five would be Will Arnett as the voice of Lego Batman because he's funny. I stand that. And then number four, uh, I guess Michael Keaton. And then three would be Batfleck. Well, I wasn't thinking of putting Will Arnett up here. And like, maybe if you were doing like live hey, tell action. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Like, we, you would be wrong if it was like live action. But I didn't specify it. So you're right. So I'm also gonna put Will Arnett as my number five because uh, because I didn't cl- I didn't care for Clooney. Clooney didn't care didn't care for Clooney. <laughs> he said so before. So number four, I, ha- I must agree with you. It has to be Michael Keaton. He's fantastic as Batman, but as I as I talked about before, he likes a little bit of like personality as Bruce Wayne. And my number three is definitely gonna disappoint you is Christian Bale. Oh damn, interesting. But I think the scripts are what did Ben Affleck dirty because. Like, he had the chance to be, like, a Tony Stark kind of type and also, like, lead the team. But I think it's Warner Brothers that did Batfleck dirty. Exactly. Which is why, like, I'm talking, like, more about, like, uh, like more of, like, the characters and, like, not the movies themselves. Sure. So, like, yeah, you go for your number two. All right. Number two, I guess, would be Christian Bale. Uh, he's, I, I guess, he's my favorite Bruce Wayne because he's given such depth and such an interesting arc there. Okay. Uh, my number two is actually Ben Affleck uh, for the same reason. Like, for me, he's, like, fantastic Bruce Wayne. He's the best Bruce Wayne we've seen, even better than my number one, which is pretty obvious by now. All right. I guess we both know each other's. Yeah, it's Robert, Robert Pattinson. Uh, yeah, so I think from an acting perspective, Pattinson delivers the best performance we've seen as Batman, and we just raved about him. And I think, like, by the end of his trilogy, everyone will agree that he's the best and the favorite i agree with that sentiment for now he will be on people's top three yeah but by the end of it he he might be the i think he will be the number one like uh even like down to like his costume his costume was my favorite batman costume ever like his voice my favorite batman voice ever like everything batman related he showed up so that's our conclusion of this episode robert pattinson has blown us away as the best batman yet Thank you for uh, taking a journey with us through the cinematic history of Batman, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne. And uh, Alan, as always, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been great. Uh, If you take one thing of this episode, it is go watch Batman and Robin. Uh, (laughs) Not the Batman in theaters. Uh, I'm kidding, of course. Please go watch the Batman. Please watch the Batman. Um, it's it's an experience. I loved it. And like Gal said, watch it in theater. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking a little bit of uh, about Oscar noms, predictions, uh, and that's it. Maybe um, the Batman gets nominated in 2023. We'll see. <laughs> Bye. See ya. All our shows and podcasts available online on our website and on all podcast platforms. Search Audioversity. Audioversity. 